Here's the thing. Every week when I open up an episode, my goal is to kind of give you a personal connection, some type of, you know, maybe fact or interesting tidbit that is kind of a general statement, but is loosely or directly related to the conversation that's going to be in today's episode or that week's episode. But this week, as I sat down to work on the post-production for this episode, there was not a phrase or a catchy saying or a fact or anything like that that could really put into perspective the conversation that I had with my guest today. No fancy intro or statement of facts could possibly give you any real indication as to what today's episode is about. So I'm doing things a little differently, and we're just going to dive right in with the welcome. With that being said, welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, small businesses, and people that are changing the world. Each week, I interview a person who is trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with what they've chosen to do for a living. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do, what no matter what your career path is, you can make an impact right where you are. My guest this week is Antonio Smith Jr. He is a self-made millionaire who started off as a six-year-old homeless kid living in a dumpster and is now a celebrity business advisor running several multi-million dollar businesses. You heard that right. He's a self-made millionaire who was homeless as a six-year-old living in a dumpster. Antonio is also the business advisor to Les Brown, the Les Brown, an entrepreneur. He's a business consultant, a three-time best-selling author, and has four top-ranked podcasts in the top 30 on iTunes and is also ranked in the top on Podomatic. Antonio travels the country helping celebrities and businesses develop multi-million dollar companies using the system that took him years to master. Not only that, he has given away hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of information and product because he genuinely desires to help others grow personally and financially. But before we dive into my conversation with Antonio, I want to tell you about my podcast sponsor and that is Cultivate What Matters. With an ever-growing list of to-dos, it is so easy to feel overwhelmed and dispassionate by the tasks on your plate. And disappointed that you're not spending enough time doing the things you love and caring for the people you love. The ladies at Cultivate What Matters want to press the reset button. They believe your time can be spent intentionally and that your to-do lists can be simplified by uncovering meaningful goals and taking action on them little by little. In doing this, we learn to celebrate progress, not perfection. Cultivate What Matters was created to give you the community resources and encouragement to realize that you can make great things, big or small, happen. You can find out more at stillbeingmolly.com slash cultivate. That's stillbeingmolly.com slash cultivate. Or you can even go back to episode 37 of the podcast to hear my interview with my sweet friend, Laura Casey, who is the founder of Cultivate What Matters. Okay, so without further ado, on to my conversation with Antonio. Hey, Antonio. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much, Molly. I appreciate you for having me here. I am so pumped to talk with you. You are one of those people that like when your name came across my inbox, I was like, this guy seems like the kind of person that I want to be my best friend. So low, sweet, low sweet. key, I've been building up our friendship for months. So <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll work. I'm gonna mail you some beers for that. Then. 
I like it. I like it. Well, I am just so excited to hear your story. I know a little bit about you. Um, Obviously, I've been low-key building up our friendship, so I've done some stalking. Uh, But no, but really, I I know a little bit about you and what you do um, and just the way that you travel the country inspiring others and helping celebrities and businesses develop these multi-million dollar companies. But you have an incredible story. And so I want you to, we're just going to hop right in. I'm going to have you give us the Antonio 101. So tell us your story, um, you know, and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So the punchline is I have multiple companies that have multiple millions of dollars. I keynote about 400 times a year. Wow. And then in, in, in a few weeks or a few months, I'm going to be honored as one of the 101 leadership and development minds in the whole globe. Wow. And all of that happened. And I work with many celebrities and all of that happened because of this crazy story I'm about to tell you. Oh, I'm okay. excited. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I was born in 1981, which technically makes me a millennial. And believe me, if you know me, I'm very millennial as I can computer program, anything. I might make an algorithm to brush my teeth for me from now on because I'm lazy. <laughs> so in 1985, my parents, you know, I try to be as, as respectable as possible. My parents did the best they could with what they had. But if you know anything about urban or ghetto America, which is the same thing, I mean, crack cocaine comes through like seriously, like mosquitoes in a mm. tropical area. I mean, it was terrible. And they got addicted to drugs. And a year later, I'm six now, so this is 1987, they can no longer keep me. They can't legally keep me. They can't financially keep me. So they gave me up. Now, they gave me up with good intentions. They walked me to my grandmother's house, which is my dad's mother, about half a mile down the road. And I'm living in little Galveston, Texas. Galveston, Texas is an island on the southeast coast, like Corpus Christi. Basically, there's no middle class there's only the rich people in tourism mm. and poor people. And, of course, we were poor, going right up in the projects. And so they walked me a half a mile. But the problem was the people at where they took me did not like my mom, obviously, mm. because that's how grown folk behave when, you know, you know yeah. <laughs> messy grown folk, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I ran away. I ran away from there because I had to keep hearing about how no one liked my mom. Mm. Then they took me to my dad, I mean, mom's grandmother's house. I went over there. That's about two miles away. But they didn't like my daddy because my daddy got my mom on drugs, right? Oh, my <laughs> so, goodness. So no matter where I was, it was always the awfulness of being hated or if I'm, I'm either just like my dad or I'm just like my mom. So I ran away completely. I get arrested for some truancy, uh, which is not going to school, right? Not yeah. going to school, six years old. And then they put me in CPS custody. So now mm. I'm in CPS custody. And I'm in CPS custody, and I hate CPS custody with a passion. Oh. I can't, I'm in these temporary houses. It's too cold inside. No one's happy. And then I start suffering, you know, how you're going to love me and my own parents don't love me, right? Yeah. I go to this phase for quite some time. So I run away from CPS custody, and then here's where my story really happens. I find this dumpster outside this paper company in Galveston, Texas. It's on 40, 40, 44, 44, 47th 
and like Winnie, mm-hmm. if anyone's in local in my area. And mm-hmm. it's this paper company. So it's this big old dumpster, you know, like the city dumpster where you can, where the big garbage trucks comes and dumps those away. Yeah. And that becomes my home. And from oh, wow. six to 14, I put myself through school by forging my mom's signature. And in Texas, we have something called corporal punishment. So I had this terrible, you know, boy handwriting at first grade, right? It's terrible. It's awful. Mm-hmm. And But I checked corporal punishment. Corporal punishment means that you could get whipped in school. You know, they take oh the paddle goodness. to you if you're bad or something. Because which, because, you know, which student forge himself to school is going to actually put corporal punishment, right? So I do that to pass corporal punishment. And this whole time I'm in this trash can for eight years, I learned how to wake up. I learned how to make money, uh, not always morally. <laughs> I learned how to do all these things. And then one day I, I failed the fifth grade and and I quit. I quit school. I absolutely quit school because by this time I've been homeless so long. Now school is serious. You know, it's no longer show and tell and you know, what's two plus two is, you know, fifth grade is a little hard. Yeah. And then after the fifth grade, I failed. I totally failed fifth grade. And here's what's cool. My memory today is impeccable because I never had school supplies. So every time I had to hear something, I had to remember it so I could pass any test or something. Wow. So I go back to school, but not because school was great. When I dropped out of school in the fifth grade, I said, you know, I'm going to go back to school. So I go back to school. Then I failed the sixth grade. I literally failed the fifth grade and the sixth grade back to back because I had no home and homework was a big deal. So I'm really dropped out of school now in sixth grade. I have nothing to do with it. I'm not going to go back and be embarrassed twice. That's not, this is not going to happen. There's nothing to do that. Yeah. And here's what's crazy. I got really hungry. Mm. I realized school fed me twice a day. Yeah. So I get up. I bite the bullet. I go back to school. I hated it. I'm no longer. I'm, I'm, I'm a whole year behind. I'm born in the summer. So I was a year early. But now I'm a whole year behind. I failed in fifth grade. Failed in sixth grade. And I go to school and then I get good at sports. And in high school, I meet a guy named Michael Merritt. He's, he's probably famous now. I talk about him all over the world. <laughs> I meet a guy named Michael Merritt. He takes me on this wing. I'm such an arrogant, pompous, hot-headed. You know, if you had a parent, I was going to fight you. If you had two parents, I was going to take your head off, right? I'm just yeah. mad at the whole world type kid. And he, he takes me on this wing. And he makes sure that I become very good at speech and debate. Long story short, after that, I become the most powerful poetry and prose speaker in all of Texas. I'm ranked number eight in the entire state of Texas. I go to state and I get qualified for every single school in Texas I'm accepted into. Just from speech and debate, this bad kid, but I have this great way of communicating. I get accepted to every school. I mean, I from Rice, Ivy Leagues to all of them. 
and I go to the army because, wow. right, I'm, I'm weird, right? So I go to the army and all this free education, I'm like, I'm going to the army. <laughs> <laughs> now, Always taking it a hard way, you know? Now, Antonio, can I pause there for just a second? Because sure. I, I have, a, I have, well, I have so many questions, but I'll, <laughs> I'll keep it. So you said that when you put yourself through school from six mm-hmm. to 14, so you were, were you literally living in a dumpster by yourself that entire time? From six to fourteen, literally living in a dumpster. Because of that, I've like I said, I've been arrested for truancy because I wouldn't get to school on time, and I've been raped and molested because I was mm-hmm. this little fifty-four year old kid, fifty-four pound kid, living on his own in a dumpster. Wow! <clears throat> How did you? Yeah. I mean. I know that you, I, I, you know, I, this is an issue that I actually talk about a lot here in my community here in Durham, North Carolina. And we talk about how there are a lot of kids in this community where that, like, like you said, where you got hungry, like their kids had their only meals are at school. Yes. Um, so, I mean, did you, where did you shower? I mean, I just like, I no. have so, I'm just amazed. Yeah. And no, I'll tell you, I can tell you that I've used the inside of my t-shirt to brush my teeth. I used new, new, like, so I, I basically flipped my T-shirt up and I had two little sections because, you know, you can kind of see where the yellow goes on your section. Yeah. And I would wipe my teeth. Uh, kids would make fun of me. I'd go to school stinking or ashy. And I'm, I'm really dark-skinned. So if, if I get wet, it, it, you know, just whitens up my skin. Mm. Like I got flour on it or something. Oh. Kids would make fun of there. My aunt, biological aunt, which is my dad's sister, she teaches me, I go to my, the grandmother house that I ran away from, and I forgot to mention that at 14, it was actually it actually be my grandmother, my dad's mom, who actually legally adopted me when they found out what was going on with me. Wow. She, instead of being like all the other grown folk and talking about me, she actually legally adopted me. Wow. And then I wound up aging out of CPS custody through her adoption at 18. Yeah. But my aunt taught me how to comb my hair with a fork. I spent eight years or something combing my hair with a fork using newspaper to uh, under my clothes like which is crazy if any of you ever find yourself homeless newspaper will insulate you and you can stop being cold with newspapers it's crazy it actually works i'm dead serious because yeah yeah it's just newspaper i i get really used to mouthwash mouthwash was great back then you can get four bags of chips for a dollar. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but it was <laughs> yeah. a little 25. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Back then. So a dollar eight, because Texas has an 8.25% state tax. So a dollar eight. All I had to do was find a dollar eight every day, and I would get four bags of chips. And on 39th and Broadway in Galveston, Texas, there used to be this tire and lube shop that had a public water fountain. And you're going to love this. This public water fountain, I would drink it with the chips in my stomach and I would drink until I felt the water about to explode in my stomach and I would walk about a mile to my trash can and that would be my last thing I would do for the, for the day. Every wow. single day I'd get chips or grandma cookies and put them in my stomach and drink as much water as I can. And here's what's funny about that. Today, I really feel like an immigrant in America because although I was born in America, my country was poverty. Mm. I, I wasn't right. My country was poverty and I'm 37 years old today and I am, you know, I'm doing well for myself and I still get excited when I see public water fountains. Yeah. And because like my brain works, not even my brain, my eyes are different than everyone else's. 
I get to see opportunities where most of us Americans have taken them for granted. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that answers that question. No, I see yeah, you thank you. More thank really you. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to it. So you, um, so you had all these opportunities to go to different universities, but you decided to enlist in the Army. So tell me about that. Yeah, that, well, for one, I was just being crazy. Although, you know, I do support the truth because I'm, I'm a veteran today. <laughs> I was just, you know, I just, I've never been a rule follower and I never thought I was smart. Well, come to find out, I score a 76 on the ASVAB when I take the Army test. Now, the ASVAB is some acronym that stands for the Army test, but you only need a 31. A 31 is equivalent to a 70 in high school. Mm-hmm. I score off the charts with this Army test. 76 on the ASVAB, I score completely off the charts. And my IQ, according to the Army, or according to that test, was somewhere around 134. Now, here I am, this 18-year-old kid with this massive IQ, and I excel in all the decoding and coding. And the Army recruiter says, hey, tell me about your parents. And I say, I don't have any. He says, well, tell me about what you care about. I say, I don't care about nothing. And this guy says, good, you're military intelligence now. <laughs> I have no parents. <laughs> I have no cares. I just want to get out of Galveston. And they like, well, good. You're going to be a spy for the United States Army. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I spent four years <laughs> being a spy for the United States Army. I joined the Army in 2000, August 2nd, 2000. So, of course, September 11th happened. Oh. And we went to war in 2003. Yeah. I spent... I spent 95% of my Army career in the field. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. But I already had a good memory. I was already smart, and military intelligence made me uber smart. (laughs) So now I get out out the Army 2004, and I'm like, okay, I only know how to kill people, play spades, drink beer, and play dominoes. That's it. That's all I know how to do. I don't know how to do anything else. Wow. And I'm trying to figure out, well, how can I adjust to being a civilian? I did not, Molly, adjust at all, okay? Let me just tell you. <laughs> I did not adjust. I was completely shell-shocked for about three years. And then I finally get my head together after many of psychotherapy sessions. And I say, all right. What do I know how to do very well? And two things came to mind. I know how to program people in the masses because that's what I did for the Army. And I know how to speak. So what I did, I started a bunch of businesses to where I kept myself speaking. And then programming people is nothing but marketing or PR, right? Yeah. (laughs) And today I do that all over the world, right? Wow. That's it's my wacky story. <laughs> well, Antonio, I will. I will. So you are going to you are episode. Let's see. Let's see. What episode are you? You're episode 115. Prior to this episode, I've interviewed about 100 and we'll call it between like, you know, individual episodes and whatnot. I've interviewed about 112, 113 
different entrepreneurs. And that's just on this show. Like I spent years working in radio. And so I interviewed people there. <laughs> you have one of the most unique stories I have ever heard. And I, I hope I hope that's a compliment. Like, <laughs> Look, it pays me a lot. So, yeah, it's a compliment <laughs> at this point. <laughs> but really, I mean, I just I am. I, I mean, I'm one of those people like I. I really admire people who take a really crappy situation. Like there's no fancy word other than that. Like No, it was it's completely a, crappy. It is a crappy situation. And then they're just like, you know what? I'm not going to fall into the cycle of what society tells me I should be falling into. And instead, I'm going to break away and I'm going to forge my own path. And I just think that that like... And you are just one of those people that like you set such an example and other people who have come from crappy situations can learn from somebody like you. And I just think it's incredible. So first, thank you. you. Thank you for sharing that story. Yes, Um, yes. Thank you. And today I make no excuses. If I get into a car accident, I'm blaming me. Even if it was the other guy's yeah. fault, I'm like, man, I should have left 10 minutes earlier today. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, it's funny because I'm kind of like that, too, where I tend to like if something goes wrong in my life. And I think this also not this isn't about me. But like, you know, when I look back on the things in my life, like I'm kind of yeah. I sort of have that attitude, too, where like if something happens, even if it's not my fault, all of a sudden I'm like, what did I do? How did I contribute to this? Why is this <laughs> exactly, a problem? Like, exactly. You know. And I'm 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 not as quick to like immediately point out what somebody else did. Um, and I don't know if that's just like an upbringing of just how the the way my parents raised me and some of the challenges I faced as a kid. And um, and I would just say first, uh, you know, beyond your story, I also want to say, like, thank you for your service. My mom also served in the oh, army. Um, she served in Vietnam and uh, she like you said, you did not adjust to being a civilian for a last for a long time. My husband and I were actually talking about this just last night. Um, we are big fans of the show. This is us. And uh, oh, yeah. and last night's episode was the episode that the entire episode was about Jack's time in Vietnam. And I was saying that, like, it was such as as the daughter of a Vietnam veteran, like it was such an accurate in my opinion, an accurate portrayal of a lot of the emotion around the draft and a lot of the emotion around being being in Vietnam and the uncertainty and the fear and some of that stuff. Um, and and I remember, like, you know, they talk about how Jack comes back from from the war and he doesn't really talk about the war or anything like that. One of the things my mom shared with me was that when she first got back from Vietnam, she spent years in therapy for PTSD. She never told her therapist she she served in Vietnam. Like that's wow. that's how bad it was that PTSD that she fought um up until the day she died. I mean, she just she could not she it took her years, like decades. No, I get it. I get it. No, I completely get yeah. it. I'm still in therapy now. Yeah. And think about it. I do. I'm, I specialize in cognitive behavioral therapy. I speak. I've trained maybe, I don't know, a couple of hundred thousand people around the world. And I still have to come back to Lamarck, Texas or Texas City, Texas 
and talk to a therapist about once every three months because yeah. the army makes sure that I keep seeing a therapist yeah. for what I help them do. <laughs> no, it's yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I just really resonated with that when you just said that you did not adjust to being a civilian for a long no, time because that's not at all. That is a um, I, I think we're getting better as a, a society and a culture talking about the um, effects of war on our veterans. Um, but I don't think we're even where we need to be yet. Um, no, I completely agree. And, and, and supporting and loving on our veterans and, and understanding what they have been through and what they've experienced and how to help them through that. Um, yeah. So thank you for sharing that. I know you're loving this chat with Antonio, and I wanted to take a moment to thank our sponsor of the show who is able to help make it possible, and that's Cultivate What Matters. Now, this is something I talk about all the time, and that is just pursuing our God-given dreams and goals. You want to be the person you were made to be, but your time, your heart, and your energy have been sucked dry by guilt, distractions, and not knowing where to go next. Enter the Power Sheets. I've personally been a Power Sheets user for over three years, and they have completely transformed how I set goals and grow both personally and professionally. This incredible one-year intentional goal planner from Cultivate What Matters is ready to help you uncover intentional goals and live them out. It is absolutely for anyone, love-at-home moms, students, CEOs, entrepreneurs, women in any season of life who need a grace-filled system that works. Thousands of women all over the world have made their goals happen with the Power Sheets. It is your day planner's best friend. The Power Sheets are a proven process that works and include 12 full months of goal setting worksheets to help you make your goals a reality. So are you ready to live on purpose? If you want to finally be the woman you were created to be free of pressure and the need to be perfect, head over to stillbeingmolly.com slash cultivate now to order your power sheets and explore their entire 2019 collection. Now back to my conversation with Antonio. So I want to get to, you know, what you do today. And I know that, um, you know, you have you 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 kind of saw this opportunity in speaking and using your skills there, and using your skills, like you said, in marketing. Like that's all it is. Group mind is just marketing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but so using those skills, and you started some businesses. So, what is it that you do today? Like when you travel and you're doing 400 keynotes a year, which like blows my mind, um, <laughs> because they always say like, what's the um, what's the stat that they say that like public speaking is the equivalent equivalent to like mentally taxing is like running a marathon or something like an hour yeah, of public is. speaking or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah like I, I actually had a speaking engagement last night and I came home and I was like, I just need to go to bed. Like I'm so, yeah, so, yeah. so exhausted. <laughs> That's how it is. So the fact that yeah. you do like multiple in a day, I'm like, whoo boy. So yeah. um, I would love for you to just kind of share what is it that you're doing now and how are you helping celebrities and businesses um, really find find their purpose and how you help them grow. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'll start with the celebrities because that's the, although I do that the most, it's the least impactful thing I do, which is paradoxical, but I'll explain. Yeah. The, I, I help them, They especially, especially older celebrities who haven't adjusted with the time change, meaning we're no longer in the industrial age, we're in the information age. Yeah. I am the person behind many of their millions of dollars because I understand how to make money. In fact, I'll tell your listeners right now, the first thing you need to do is find your congregation. Find out where your people are hanging at. You have a product, where are they going to church at? Now, I don't literally be the church, but think about it. Whether it be online or in person, they have a congregation. 
what is a congregation? A congregation is a bunch of people like Molly and Antonio that have nothing in common. And boom, we get something in common. What's yeah. in common? Our set of ideas, our set of beliefs, and then people freely donate to those ideas and beliefs. Mm-hmm. Find your congregation. Number two, follow, uh, find out where their attention is going and follow it. Mm. And then once you follow their attention, jump in front of it, jump in front of their attention. And then once you jump in front of their attention, convert their energy into income. And this, and I didn't read that in no book. This was me growing up homeless. I got to understand how things actually work because I didn't have anybody tell me I had to actually pay attention. Yeah. Yeah, I had to actually pay attention. So I helped celebrities do that. Uh, Not just celebrities. I mean, NASA, Quick Lube. Uh, shucks, it's so many different. It's, it's not just yeah. you know celebrities, corporations, also even the U.S. Army. I even went back and did that as well. Yeah. <clears throat> but the reason I say it's the least impactful because these people are already making an impact, and they already have their rewards, so to speak. Yeah. The my most favorite thing that I do is I started the ATS Business University. And just my initials, right? Antonio Theodore Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm so not creative sometimes when it comes to naming companies. <laughs> it, sounds, <laughs> it sounds real fancy. So yeah, yeah. You just you just play that yeah. up. Yeah, the, it's ATS. That's it. Okay. <laughs> That's it. It's ATS. <laughs> and the reason why I like this more than I like working with celebrities. It's because I take lower class to middle class people from wherever they are, and I put them through the system that I I invented. There's a system that I did for myself, and I teach them how to become millionaires. That I love the most. Yeah. To take regular people, and I don't mean regular in a disrespectful way, you know, just your average Joe. Yeah. And I say, okay, Joe. Tell me about your business. And we do nine trainings a week. Wow. Nine trainings a week from business, marketing, sales to sales team, cold calls to personal development. We do all of it. I take everyone's companies one on one and then I just help them become walk the way. So today I've created eight millionaires so far. Wow. That that I love the most. Wow. Now, one of the things that I know about you just from from some of the reading that I've done and some of the videos that I've seen, you know, and this is one of the things that, um, you know, the, the, the listeners of this show love to hear, too, is just like, not only are you somebody who's passionate about helping others, but, you know, there's what is the quote that I've that I've heard before that's basically like a lot of money in the right hands can do a lot of good. And it's that's not right. necessarily like. Because we live in this day and age where it's almost like it's like people don't want to be broke, but then they'll brag about being broke. But then all of a sudden, the, the rich people are the enemy, but everybody secretly wants to be rich. Yeah, and so it's, you describe that perfectly. It is like, I, and sometimes like my husband, because my husband's a financial advisor. And so we talk about this a lot. Like, where's this? And and, and I, I came from somebody who, I, I mean, I was... Um, two years out of college, $36,000 in debt um, and didn't tell anyone. I was so broke and broken financially. And I spent four and a half years crawling out of debt on my own. And it was, it was awful. It was an awful experience. And, um, Mm -hmm. but it taught me so much about how we are good stewards of our finances. And it's not like, I, I mean, I'm a believer. So like, I believe that like God gives us everything and it's how we steward that in, in how to bless other people. 
And the more that you're able to be a good steward of the resources that you've been given, God will bless you with more. And this isn't like a, you know, uh, you know, like a prosperity gospel type thing. This is no, just, but I love it. I love it. Not you're just, talking to well. Yeah, well, yeah, because it's not but it's not just like about money. It's about just the resources that you're given and the way you're able to impact people and all of those things. But I firmly believe that people who have money, if you are able to steward that money well and bless other people with it then you can do more good but somebody who get who becomes a millionaire and then hoards it all like you, yeah, that's you see terrible. all those examples of of people who win the lottery and they're bankrupt in 3 years you know what i mean yeah that's, yeah yeah no yeah absolutely and that's absolutely insane abundance is meant to be shared let's think about Amen. an orange tree for a second yeah. you get your orange tree and then you're like oh man look at all these oranges thousands of seeds on this tree it's mm-hmm. all mine yeah. I'm going to eat all the oranges on the tree for myself. Well, if you do that, you're going to get some sort of acidic poison in your stomach. <laughs> it's also you're going to die. Yep. Right? This is the equivalent of hoarding all the resources. You can't because abundance was designed to be shared. Amen. So then you say, well, you know what? I'm just going to be stingy. Molly, you can't have it. I'm going to create some rules. No immigrants coming to my orange mm-hmm. tree. No, no, no Molly's. Nope, you can't have it. Okay, then. Cool. So then now you... Eat all your feel of the oranges, but now all the oranges rot because you didn't share them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you can't eat them all and you can't save it all. Abundance has always meant to be shared. Anybody not sharing abundance, this universe will punch you in the face (laughs) and make sure your abundance rots on you. Yes. Well, it's like um, I I don't want to completely misrepresent or misquote this, but it reminds me of the parable of the talents in the Bible where Jesus talks about he gave or there was the farmer that gave each of the people um, a certain amount of talents. And then one guy buried it. One guy invested it, you know, and then and then he, you know, he comes back and the guy that invested it, he doubled up the investment and then the guy that buried it didn't do anything because he just buried it and you know he's just talking about how like you have to like when you're given much and you invest that much back into something else you're able to be more blessed again whether it's money or time or resources or talents um i had a guest a few weeks ago on the show who said you know uh talent is equally distributed but opportunity is not and I wow, just was like, that was really good. Right. And I was like, oh, that's deep. Like, yes, like talent is equally <laughs> distributed among people, but opportunity is not. So how are we as people who have been blessed or as, as, as those of us who have some type of privilege, whether it's the privilege of the color of our skin or the privilege of how much money we have in our bank account or the privilege of our education, whatever that privilege is, like we all have some type of privilege. How do we use that privilege to then reach out and lift up That's other right. people? No, nah, you're absolutely right. And I tell this to people all the time, speaking of privilege, and you're right. It doesn't matter which privilege you have, yeah. gender privilege, skin privilege, Privilege would not save you from your ignorance. Oh, mm, mm, mm. that'll preach it. That'll, that'll preach it. Yes, 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 yeah, yes, yes. Like to me right now, I can lose 200. I, I can lose any, anything I've created. And I've created a nine figure empire, so to speak. I, I like to say a nine figure family because my goal is to be my life's dream is to become a billionaire and give 80 percent of all that money back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like to the world. Like to, and I'm not talking about no crazy programs. I mean, hey, hey, kid, you trying to go to college? Boom, here it is. I just paid your whole college off, right? right. You know, things like that. Yeah. And what's crazy about that is 
when you have those kind of lofty goals, people in their ignorance will hate you because you're actually trying to do something. You know, the, as, as the opportunity rises to appreciate you, so does the opportunity rises to hate what is appreciated. Mm-hmm. And if we aren't careful, we don't learn how to do everything. So if I lose everything, it's no problem. I've been broke my whole life. I understand how to make money. I understand how to win friends. And since I haven't been privileged, I had to actually learn the fundamentals and the basics of things. Now you can't take anything from me because any place that you've been before, you can get back to again. Mm. Yes, Antonio. And I love that you said that just that you had to learn it on your own when and like it's one of those things where society and everybody else was was basically telling you that you couldn't do it and you couldn't, you weren't going to amount to anything, all of those things. And you had everything stacked up against you and you were just like, nah, I'm so stubborn with that. I am. No, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Seriously. Like you inspire me. And I I think like if more people in the world were like you, like, and had the same (laughs) attitude that like, Oh man, that would just, well, you know, it's crazy. You mentioned it about your mom putting so much confidence in you. I, in fact, I, I don't say this often, but I'll, I'll reveal this on this show. Yeah. I actually appreciate my parents for sucking the way they did at parenting. <laughs> I, really, yeah. I, mean, I really yeah. do. Because they didn't put low self-esteem in me. Mm. I, when I find out with people is the number one problem with why they can't grow their businesses or whatever it is that they're trying to do because their parents gave them low self-esteem. Yeah. See, I never had my parents come back to me <clears throat> and give me bad habits. They never came back to me and told me, be safe, don't take risk. So it's actually better for me to have grown up homeless in a trash can than for a lot of people in suburbia to grow up with middle-class syndrome. Ooh. And I, I and I'm and I'm dead serious with that. Yeah. Now I see this, a lot of our upbringings, and, and of course, our all of our parents, your parents, their parents, they're all doing the best with what they can, with what they have. But for me, no one ever told me to follow rules, so I never did. Yeah, and you forged, yeah. you forged your own way. You forged your own path. You made mistakes yep. along the way. And I love this is something I talk about all the time is just being able to use pain and suffering and trials and obstacles using that as a, as a pulpit and using that as an opportunity yeah. to to find joy amidst so much pain and how do yeah. we use that and as fuel to to help us to grow to help us to yeah. change like the times in my life that I've experienced the most suffering that's when I've experienced the most personal growth and change when sure. I'm, like yeah. when I'm on the mountaintop, yeah. what reason do I have to change? <laughs> yeah, no one said, oh, I'm on the mountaintop. Let me do some personal development. Like, <laughs> right. No, but when you're in the, the valley, works. all of a sudden, like every like you start evaluating and you start realizing, like, maybe I need to change this or maybe I need to spend more time doing this and less time doing that. And I need to say no to the things that are draining me and yes to the things that are bringing me life. And how do wow. I, you know what I mean? Like those types of things. You just of, said a whole lot right there. No <laughs> to the stuff that's draining you yes to the stuff that's giving you life like seriously i mean but and and that only happens in times of pain and suffering like i just don't really mm-hmm. know a whole lot of people that are like 
I'm doing real well right now. I should probably work on myself. Like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, (laughs) you know, everything's perfect. I should do a whole life overhaul. Um, (laughs) So, oh man. Not gonna happen. I love it. Well, I, like I said, I just think your story is incredible and I'm so appreciative for sharing it. And um, I know that people that are listening to this today are going to be impacted. Um, What is sort of the like... You know, when you speak to different types of groups, because I know you speak to lots of different types of people mm-hmm. and entrepreneurs and business owners. And um, somebody said they used the term that entrepreneurs, people that like <laughs> want to start a business. Um, so you start you you speak with all types of people. What are mm-hmm. what's sort of the the like nugget that you want to leave them with? What is the like if they walk away with one thing, yeah. what do you want them to walk away with? Move before you're ready. Mm. Yeah, you're never going to be ready to move. You're never going to have enough education. You're just, you're just not. You know, if you're going to work out, start jogging before your body's ready to start jogging. Because yeah. if you move before you're ready, two things are going to happen. Your body is going to, your brain is going to kick in, shoot you some endorphins and say, fine, since you have us moving, we're going to make moving comfortable. The second thing that's going to happen is Newton's first law of motion in an inverse Newton's first law of motion says an object at rest will remain at rest to an unbalanced force acts upon it. Well, put it in the inverse. Everything in motion will stay in motion as long as there's a force keeping it in motion. Yeah. And if you move before you're ready, you'll conquer the whole world. Mm. I love that. I love that. Uh, Well, Antonio, this has been an absolute pleasure. Um, But before we go, we get to transition a little bit to a get to know you portion. Not that we haven't already gotten to know you. I mean, we've talked about pretty much everything, but this is just what we get to ask some fun questions. So so I had all these other like get to know you questions, which I'll get to in a second. But I I have to ask. So you 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 do. This is just my own personal selfish curiosity. So you say you work with some celebrities. So who's some like real cool celebrities that you've gotten to work with? Les Brown. Oh, I love Les Brown. I love that Joel, guy. Yeah, Joel Osteen. Oh, really? You work with Joel yes, Osteen. Look I at that guy. I for Joel Osteen for two years. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I got to know Joel Osteen for two years. Let's see. I've done some work with E.T., Hip Hop Preacher, E.T. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And... Ah, I got some NDAs on some of so I'll just leave oh, it there. Oh, that's cool. I got it. No, that's awesome. I, lo- I love Les Brown. That's another guy that I'm like, man, that dude's awesome. That dude's right, so look, awesome. Look, he, he just wrote the forewords to two of my books. I've got oh a book gosh. coming out here. He wrote the foreword for two of my books. I still work with Les. I make a lot of money for Les Brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a good dude. All right. Yeah. So uh, getting to the other questions that, that are not just like my, my selfish own selfish curiosities. Um, so what is your weirdest pet peeve wow <laughs> sliding feet sliding feet yeah when you walk and you slide your feet I'm like come on man you, you gonna make all that noise really really you gonna do that <laughs> that is a weird pet peeve and also hilarious yes. and awesome i love it <laughs> 
Um, all right. What is which fictional character would be the Harry Potter? Oh, I love it. You, yes. <laughs> you ain't got to finish the question. <laughs> That's who you want to be meet in real life. Harry Potter. I want to meet him. I want to be him. I want to drink a beer with him. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, have you seen? Have you seen the viral video of the high school dance team in Arizona that did the Harry Potter themed dance? No. Oh my gosh. Y'all, for the listeners, I will link it in the show notes if you Please. have not seen it. Um, but seriously, Antonio, all you have to do, like just go to Google because it's going crazy right now, like millions and wow. millions of views. Just type in Arizona high school dance team Harry Potter and it'll come up. Sure will. This sure thing will. is so legit. Like apparent wow. apparently, actually, this high school dance team was on America's Got Talent, but I, I don't watch that show, so I don't know. But it's okay. unreal. Like Oh man. But if you're I'm a Harry so Potter fan, it. yeah, you will you will geek out. Like it's it's amazing. <laughs> I'm the biggest Harry Potter fan. I, I really am. I mean, every day I, I, I get a little Z in my head, a little lightning bolt. I love it. You know? <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's so awesome. Uh, okay. What is on your most played list on your Spotify or Apple Music, whatever you use? <laughs> Uh yeah, so Eminem has oh, a song. Yeah, yeah, Eminem's new <laughs> yeah, stuff. Eminem has a song called. <laughs> uh, oh my god, I can't remember the name of it. It is so <laughs> on my most played. It is pure venom. Oh, it I love is, it. I, and it, and it's, you know what? It totally captures my mood, though. It totally does. He's like talking to all his haters, and he's like, you know what? I am better than you and I'm going to prove it. And you know what? That's my fuel. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah. All right. If you had a time machine, what time period would you want to visit and why? Oh, there's only one time period you can visit. It would have to be the Middle Ages because I'm I'm such a knight. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I love it. You know what? And I'm one of those peasant knights. That changed my stars like Heath Ledger in the movie, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes, that's awesome. That is awesome. Um, and what is the most interesting thing you have read or seen this week? Oh, okay, good one. The most interesting thing that I've seen this week, oh, I'm such a nerd. So I'm currently reading Richard Feynman's volume Mm. uh, one, two, and three. Richard Feynman is one of the most incredible quantum physics uh, scientists of all time. This is 1,300 pages, and I'm currently reading that right now. So that's the most interesting thing that I have seen this week. That's awesome. And this is the last question. This is the question I love to ask the most of all of my guests, and is that for what today are you most grateful Oh, every day, every day. And I know that's such a such a patsy answer, but you know what? Every day that I get to be in pain, I'm most grateful for that because it reminds me that I need that wall against my back so I can move forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I I, I don't do too well. Comfortable. Mm. Yeah. Amen. I don't either. 
<laughs> I don't either. Uh, well, Antonio, like I said, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time, no, thank for you. your sharing your story, and uh, just f- I, you know, when I was like low key building up our our friendship, like it's it's <laughs> it's lived up to what I thought it was going to be in my head. So. <laughs> So if you are ever in North Carolina, um, definitely hit me up and I would love to take you out to dinner. Um, Our family would just love, love, love to do that. So you are awesome. I love it. I'm so happy. I appreciate you. My most, this has been my most favorite interview because you let me mention Harry Potter. Oh, anytime. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime. I'm also a fellow Harry Potter fan. Like I literally cannot wait till my kids are old enough for me to read it to them. My daughter is a couple, like, she just turned five, so I think like maybe in a year or two I'll, I'll yeah. start reading that to her. So I, oh, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> well, she needs to get under the sorting hat and right? figure out which house she's going to be in. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, I think she's a Hufflepuff, honestly. <laughs> that makes it. <laughs> that makes it. Oh man! All right, Antonio. Thank you so I much. You. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you very much, Molly. Okay, I am not kidding when I say that this is probably one of my favorite interviews I have ever done. Antonio's story is absolutely remarkable, and he is an inspiration to me. I hope you have enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Another huge thank you to this week's podcast sponsor, Cultivate What Matters. Visit stillbeingmolly.com slash cultivate to take the first step of getting your life back and cultivating what matters in 2019. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you're a first-time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to visit the archives for past shows featuring so many amazing people who are literally changing the world with their businesses. And if you're a regular listener of the show, I can't thank you enough for your support week in and week out. Be sure to head on over to iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, whichever podcasting app you like the most, and make sure you're subscribed to the show. Clicking that subscribe button helps to make sure you never miss a new episode of the podcast. And while you're there, would you mind taking a moment to leave a review? Leaving a review helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. And if you share the show on social media, be sure to use the hashtag Business with Purpose podcast or tag me at Still Being Molly on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. This show is edited by my amazing husband and executive producer, John Stillman, and the music is by Mark Killian of Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening and go do something good with purpose on purpose. Purpose.